This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Off the Break Podcast. I'm taking over hosting responsibilities for Cody. Uh, I'm Kyle, and joining, as always, is Eric. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you make me laugh. <laughs> I, don't, it's, I just think it's funny. It's every single time. It's like, hmm, I wonder who these guys are. Oh, no, it's it's just Kyle. It's, oh, it's, now we know. It's them again. <laughs> now, now, now we know. Well, it's always nice to introduce yourself. You don't just want to wander into you know someone's house and not know who they are, right? That's a weird way True. to phrase it. <laughs> no, I just think it's funny because usually Cody's like, with me or Kyle and Eric, and all I ever say is just like, hey. Yeah, it's just <laughs> still me. It's still me. Still kicking. <laughs> Well, uh, we're worried about today's podcast episode because there wasn't too much going on this week. But then all of a sudden, <laughs> throughout the week, things just were blowing up in the news world anyway. Yeah, well, no, we've got several developments to go over, uh, one or two controversies to explore. We, we love a good controversy. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess let's just start with the smallest and just, I don't know. <laughs> the first thing we have is that Tom Holland Uncharted movie, the thing that has been in development for like 11 years now yeah because the first game came out in 2008 um apparently has now found a new director making it the sixth director total <laughs> that has been attached to this movie and uh that director is travis knight who you probably don't know him by name but he directed kubo and the two strings he directed that uh transformer spinoff bumblebee which i still haven't seen but i I think Kyle, you saw. You said it was actually pretty good. I did. Yeah, it was probably the best Transformers I mean, at least, movie yeah, I've seen at least in a while. compared to the to the actual Transformers movies. Um, but he was also like a lead animator or the lead animating animator on a bunch of those other Leica movies. Yeah, um, ones like Paranorman, um, Coraline. Like I know was one. Yeah, Kubo and the Two Strings too. Like he's the head yeah. honcho of that company, pretty much. No, he has a lot of respect from you know other creatives because you know he gives it his all. So yeah. if by some miracle he actually does stick around and make this thing, that would be incredible because that would bring an awful lot of talent to a video game adaptation. And as much as people claim to like Detective Pikachu, I would not say that that movie broke the video game movie curse. Blasphemy. <laughs> Angry Birds 2 did. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, good luck to him, but I'll, I'll believe it when I'm sitting in the theater watching the opening scene of the Uncharted movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I really do have to believe it when I see it at this point, because this has been in development hell for quite a while. Uh, but I honestly have to say, like, when it comes to an Uncharted movie with a pairing of possibly Knight and Holland, like, this really makes me excited for an Uncharted movie. Like, before, there was some good names floating around for it, but nothing that was really, like, excited for i would say but i think this would be like the perfect pairing um for this to be a great time in the theater yeah for, i mean for yeah for the direction they're going with like a younger nathan drake yeah because i mean he's all of, a lot of the main characters in travis knight's other movies were younger like young adults too so he kind of yeah has that psyche down i guess yeah he's he's a young kid at heart we'll say <laughs> not a young kid but a young adult um, but yeah, uh, that's all we got for it, really. It just got announced today. 
actually. Um, I'm just, I just wanted to talk about it because I've been following it for so long now, and then I saw that, <laughs> and I'm like, ugh. You were the one that had to write well, it I on. have to talk about yeah. this still? <laughs> like, by the end of next week, he's going to have dropped out also. Mm-hmm. But, well, we're whatever. hoping that won't happen. <laughs> we're hoping this is the guy, that they stick with it. But the much bigger news also involving Tom Holland. Which also dropped today, <laughs> like right before we started uh, the podcast, actually. Oh, I'll let you talk about that one, Kyle, because you're the one who saw it first. Yeah, um, it was kind of funny because at first I was on Twitter and I saw some offsite being like, oh, he's back. And I'm like, mm, really, though, is he back? But then I scrolled down and I see like Deadline reporting it and then like Hollywood reporting. And I'm like, oh, wait, this is actually happening. What, what's this happening? Is what, happening. What, what were they reporting? Uh, it is now being reported that Disney and Sony initially went through a divorce with Spider-Man. Yeah, as very public. Remembered, a very public divorce. Uh, but it looks like the parents are patching things up. They look like they're going to get back together, give it a second try. And Spidey's <laughs> going to have his parents back, guys. It's great. <laughs> for, for a movie or two. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, what are the, the specifics of the deal? The specifics from what I've been able to gather is that um, when it comes to how many movies they'll do, they're going to do a third Spider-Man movie coming out July 16th, 2021. Uh, Feige, okay. uh, head honcho of Marvel Studios, he's going to be the lead producer on that, so it's still going to be technically his vision pretty much. And then it's supposed to be that Spider-Man makes an appearance in another future MCU film. Uh, there's no date for that, no reckoning of what that movie is going to be. I guess it could be another Avengers movie in the future. Like, that would be my best bet. Yeah. I don't really know where else he would be able to be put in. But anyway, that's just um, for the movie side of it all. For the business side, so far from what I'm hearing is Variety is saying that when it comes to, like, the structure of who makes the profits, it looks like 25% of the profits is going to go to Disney. So Sony still gets the bigger chunk of the deal, but it's not going to be like it was with the 95-5% split that it was. Um yeah many years ago and also disney is still going to be getting the merchandising rights so that of course that part of it hasn't changed <laughs> um but uh i think when it comes to this being as fair as it could get i say that it's right about there i think this is a fair enough deal for the time yeah. being uh who knows they'll do a future um plan or deal after that but at least for the time Maybe. being fans are going to be satisfied that they're making up my personal theory is that on Disney's end, they were kind of, you know, they tried to play up because they tried to go all macho and yeah, they strong tried, arm they them tried a to little be the bit. Good person. But Sony was just like, no, we're not going to back down. And then Disney's like, well, crap, we're kind of in a bind right now because there are a lot of cliffhangers with Spider-Man. We can't just, you know, abandon Happy Hogan, abandon the Iron Man father figure connection, yeah. abandon all of these other abandon things. Abandon all those plot points. And then I think on Sony's end, they were like... Maybe we were a little bit too optimistic because I don't I don't think people are gonna go crazy for the next Spider Man appearance being like a team up with Venom. You know? Just these two different versions. I think they thought that on paper it sounded good. It's like, oh Venom, he's a classic Spider Man villain. People have always wanted to see. we could do it way better than Spider Man three did. But the Venom character is tonally so different than this Spider Man character. Yeah. I think they're like, well, maybe we should, maybe we should buy some more time to kind of figure out a clearer path forward. So, I think they just kind of both realized that maybe they acted a little bit too quickly. Level heads, uh, yeah, prevailed. 
pretty and much. they were like okay well this actually could be better could be the best for both of us so yeah um i think when all this talk about all these deals was first happening like that was kind of the deal that people were like why not just have it this be the deal why not 25 percent at least because <laughs> Yeah, the deals were ranging from like fifty fifty split to seventy thirty split, and I think a lot of people were saying like I think um, seventy five twenty five would be reasonable enough for both sides or whatever. And I think the studios both agreed to that. But again, I mean, this is is really a short term deal. Um, it does make me wonder if Sony will have future plans for Spider Man to say bye to the MCU. And I think so. I think kind of switch paths over to connecting with all these spinoffs that they're making. Yeah, I think that the, between this third Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man 3, 2, and whatever that other one is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I Untitled, feel like, insert Spider-Man <laughs> here role. I feel like Disney's on Disney's end, they're going to be figuring out how to have a smooth transition to get him out of the universe. You know, tie up the loose ends with all of the things that can, mm-hmm. that are going to have to remain in the Disney universe so that the one Spider-Man does leave, there's not all of these you know absurd cliffhangers yeah um yeah for sure like that might be the best bet i'm hoping not as a fan i think many other people will hope for this uh that they do keep spider-man for a longer period of time instead of going over to the spin-off side of what sony's been doing but i think just based on what this deal is looking like right now that might be what the plan is going to be yeah yeah um but at least for the time being, uh, fans who may not be paying attention to the deal quite as much would just see that, you know, Spider-Man's in the MCU. Like, he's back. And guys, I, he's back for a little bit. Yeah. I think for the time being, that's going to – which is going to be the majority of audiences. So I think for the time being, that's at least going to be a win-win-win situation for all three of those parties. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that happened. <laughs> that bomb got dropped. Yeah. <laughs> And then, like, I think the day before, there's another bomb also involving Kevin Feige. All of these things are about the same, like, handful of people. I mean, <laughs> is that surprising? <laughs> no. Basically, Kevin Feige, it was confirmed that him and Kathleen Kennedy are going to work closely together, and Kevin Feige will be overseeing his very own Star Wars movie. <laughs> Yay. Could have said it with more enthusiasm. <laughs> no, I mean, this sort of thing is inevitable. Like, there's yeah. no way anybody can be that surprised um and kevin feige's a very outspoken lifelong star wars fanatic you know i'm sure his heart's there in the right place bigger than uh mcu or mcu bigger than marvel characters apparently yeah and, no like yeah this is sort of always kind of his passion but you know he found his his niche in the mar in the mcu and right. kind of you know and he can't blame him he built that thing from the ground up it was crazy yeah. but i feel like you know, he's been there long enough. He's shown them how he does things. I feel like he's comfortable, they're comfortable moving him out of there into Lucasfilm since, you know, that's where he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Lucasfilm probably, you know, they don't have a roadmap of what they're going to do after Rise of Skywalker, at least with the theatrical movies. There have been things announced, but there's no release dates. There's no you know, kind of structure to the release order that they can make people aware of. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, we're going to be getting a lot more Star Wars movies. Yeah, I mean, you can see Eric's full thoughts <laughs> of it. He read them up on our site, Silver Screen Insider, but um, you do you did have quite a few thoughts, I think, counter it's, to what a lot of other people it's think. It's nothing against Kevin Feige. Yeah. It's nothing against the 
business deal. It all makes perfect sense. There's no oh, way. Totally. It's just, you know, nothing new here. It's just, I don't know. They're, I just thinking down the line, and there's going to be 50, 100 different Star Wars movies, and it's just going to become another one of those big franchises. And it was always a huge franchise. I'm not like, obviously, there's Star Wars Pez dispenser, you know? But yeah. There was all the idea of it just being this, like, this saga, you know, the nine episodes, and then, you know, that's it. But then we started yeah. getting the solo spinoff, Rogue One spinoff. We're getting these Disney Plus things. It's just, I don't know. I wish things could just end. <laughs> I really, really wish things could just end. I mean, technically, the arcs in Star Wars movies have their own little endings that yeah, you but can Star Wars put in your pocket. Yeah, no. <laughs> It'll never end. Uh, so this is for a movie, right? Uh, that's coming out to theaters, or is it as of right be- now? Yeah, they said a film, so okay. I'm assuming that means like a traditional theatrical. Probably not for Disney movie. Plus or a show. Or there's gotcha. no word yet on it whether or not that's like his own trilogy, kind of like what Ryan Johnson's doing or the yeah. Game of Thrones dudes are doing. Um, Supposedly, Feige already has talked to a big name actor to possibly be in it. Actor or actress, yeah, yeah. So apparently, according to a reliable source. Um, some people are already speculating that it's Brie Larson, but I feel like they're going based off of nothing. Yeah, know? I kept seeing that, too. Um, and I'm like, where is this speculation <laughs> coming from? Because Captain it, Marvel Literally out was, of nowhere. Just yeah, like, like the only thing I could think of was Captain Marvel was the most recent character. And yeah. Disney might want to keep having female leads, which is fine, whatever. But um, I, I just kept seeing that speculation come out. And that part was the weirdest part to me. I was like, Part of me okay. thinks it started as like a kind of like a joke or a troll against the large section of the Star Wars community who really, or just Marvel fandom communities who really didn't like Brie Larson because of her, you know, social justice warrior things because there was a very large toxic outlash against her for that stuff. Yeah, And I feel like there was a joke started where they were basically saying, wouldn't it be amazing if Kevin Feige chose Brie Larson to lead the next chapter of Star Wars, I would really send that part of the internet into like a, you know, downward spiral. Right. But I don't think it's her. I mean, it might be, who knows, but mm-hmm. that's just like saying, yeah, no, he, he's, he's eyeing, you know, Chadwick Boseman to start the new thing. Why? I don't know. Cause he was in a Disney movie. Yeah. There's... Cause he was, he worked with him before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, there's no telling who, but the thing I'm most curious about is how he's going to go about making the roadmap for these Star Wars things, because obviously he people if know he, he can he set up the 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 roadmap for Marvel and it worked perfectly. Well, right now he's just only acting as a producer, as like a lead producer yeah, for the movie. A right? lot of he's people not taking over Kathleen Kenny's overall job at Lucasfilm. No, well, no right? there are some rumors. There have been rumors for a while that Kathleen Kennedy's going to either step down or retire from Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm, but that hasn't really been proven to be the case. No, but not a lot of other people are thinking that. This is sort of Kevin Feige getting himself ready to fully transition from Marvel into Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. And if that were the case, I can't imagine he wouldn't take on one of the high, most high up, like, overseeing positions. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense. I mean, especially after Endgame with that being the most epic thing of all epicness that he probably is like, well... What's the next chapter for me? I could yeah. keep doing Marvel <laughs> stuff, but I've already like trained all of these 
people like lower than me to do exactly what I'm doing, or at least like follow in the footsteps up yeah. to plan things out like I have. So what else could I do? I just, I can't imagine him doing this sort of interconnected shared universe and credit tease the next movie type approach with Star Wars. That made me so sad, but <laughs> I don't think he will. I think he realizes you can't do the exact same thing that worked with Marvel for Star Wars and expect it to have the same no. results. I mean, that, Disney that, has also, excuse me, Disney has already been kind of trying. Yeah, right no, now. yeah, and that definitely proved to not be the case. Yeah, with you know solos, the underperformance, and just Star Wars fatigue in general. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sure Kevin Feige is well aware of that. So hopefully, hopefully he can be able to put in some input for. The plans of Star Wars, the hazy plans of Star Wars moving forward. <laughs> so yeah, like anything, I'm. It's inevitable. Best of luck to Kevin Feige. I mm-hmm. hope they're. I hope his movie's good. I, I don't want any Star Wars movie to be bad. It's just the sad fact that it'll never ever end. <laughs> ever. <laughs> well, while you don't like that they're never ending, I think there will be some people rejoicing for more Star Wars content, especially with Feige possibly having a bigger role in Star Wars. I think seeing his resume they'll be like okay let's see more stuff (laughs) let's see what he's got (laughs) my hot take on that is people who are just like yes more 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 have like i don't know built way too much of their whole existence around a franchise and if that goes away it's like what do i have (laughs) what do i have left to live for those people have some other hobbies and it's like stamp collecting (laughs) i don't know i feel like you should be able to Give a proper goodbye to something that was like a big part of your life that you loved and was special and then just, you know, say goodbye instead of 20, 30, 40 years down the line. Like, they're still making those. The ones that I loved and were so special to me are just lost in the big, you know, the hundreds of other movies there are now. I mean, those same people could have said the same thing for when the new trilogy came out. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. And look at that. It's good. Yeah. You know. But it's especially not going to end no. right now. Star Wars is just the most personal one to me, but anything in general. Nothing ever ends. Harry Potter has those stupid Fantastic Beast thing, the Cursed Child play. Yeah, but we don't talk about Fantastic Lord of the Rings Beasts. have those terrible <laughs> Hobbit movies, and now there's that Amazon $5 billion series. Hey, but that has Will Poulter in it, though. That could be amazing. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Well, how about we switch away topics before you really start getting more and more sad? Uh, what do we have next, anyway? Well, we have another sm- uh, smaller little news thing, casting thing, before we get into the the most dramatic controversy of the, of the day. I'm so excited to talk about controversy, Eric. <laughs> so, yeah, this one, uh, the Robert Pattinson Batman movie, The yeah. Batman. Um, apparently, two people have been, one of them has been confirmed. The other one is still kind of in talks. Mm-hmm. So, Jeffrey Wright, what would you say his like most well-known role is? That's hard because he's a character actor. Yeah, I think of. he's. I think he's in Westworld right now. He's in Westworld now, or at least he was. Maybe I. Don't, I haven't followed the show. Um, you know, I know he was in Hung- Hunger Games. Yeah, he was in some of the Hunger Games movies. Um, Great actor. I love. He's I, in the Goldfinch. If anyone saw that movie, <laughs> he was in that. But if you hear the voice, I'm telling you, you'll be like, oh, I remember that voice. He has no. I love Jeffrey Wright. He's a, great, he's, a, he's a great actor. Yeah. you know him if you saw him. He has been announced to be Commissioner Gordon mm-hmm. in the new Batman movie, t- taking over the role previously played by 
J.K. Oh. Simmons for ten minutes. <laughs> oh yeah, I <laughs> forgot about. I forgot J.K. Simmons was that. Yeah, I was thinking of well, Gary Oldman. Gary Jeez. Oldman from Dark Knight. Yeah, I should be ashamed of myself. Mm-hmm. How do I forget his name? Um, but the other person that's getting a little bit more coverage is America's sweetheart, Jonah Hill. Oh, Jonah Hill, <laughs> who is depending on what source you're looking at, is either in talks to be the Riddler or Penguin. Yeah, which are two very different types of characters yeah <laughs> very different roles so i don't mm-hmm. know where that confusion is coming from but what, what i've heard about that is um initial they have talked to jonah hill in the past about playing a role in this movie but they didn't know which villain yet because they wanted to uh wait and see who was going to be cast as batman i don't know if that's oh, okay. the truth of the story but that's just something i've heard um but regardless it they're they can't decide on what villain it's going to be or no one has a clue. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing that's apparently holding the decision up is Jonah Hill is, you know, he's probably feeling a little bolstered by his recent award success. And sure. he's, he's asking Two-time for... Oscar nominee. I don't know, something around like $10 million or something. Yeah. I, that's, I mean, it's quite that, a big paycheck. That That's more than supposedly than what Robert's uh, getting for, for the title Batman. character. <laughs> Which I guess kind of makes sense. I mean... Again, Hill has won two or has been nominated for two Oscars. Pattinson hasn't, despite being the lead character. So Robert Pattinson's a fantastic actor. Oh, for sure, he's not denying that. People need to watch more of his stuff to seriously see his range because he's that good. Um, but just in terms of resume and pedigree, like oh, it I could get make it. Sense. It's all- jo- I remember Jonah Hill back in The Wolf of Wall Street. He took something like, like. Ten thousand dollars, like the bare minimum, just so he could work with Martin Scorsese. Oh, so it's interesting to see that then and now. You know, I'm not gonna make any judgments or claims against him. I'm sure actors do this all the time. It's probably also just a negotiating technique too. Like start high, aim, and then get uh, one person's low, one person's high, get in the middle. But for whatever reason, that's like the big thing that people are reporting on. So yeah. Whenever they figure that out, Jonah Hill will either be the Riddler or Penguin, mm-hmm. which will be really interesting. I mean, no matter what, but I, I'm excited to see him play off of Robert Pattinson. Me too. I think no matter what villain he plays, if it's Riddler or Penguin, he's going to be able to play off of Pattinson so well. It's going to be I weird just, to see him as a villain, He just has though. such great range, and he knows how to work with actors. He's worked with so many talented people that he just knows like how to play off of them so well so it doesn't really matter what the villain is honestly as long as um he can act really well against um it's gonna be weird to see him has like a straight up bad guy because like we haven't had that true his worst the worst he's come to like a villain is just like those sleazy douchebags from like wolf of wall street or this is the end where he's like playing himself i think maybe also um that netflix show he did i didn't get through the whole thing but it kind of looked like he was Talking about Maniac? On... Yeah, Maniac. Yeah, I never saw that. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to finish it, but it kind of looked like they were teetering on him, not being so good, but also not so bad. So hmm. that too, maybe. I'll always take more Jonah. Yeah, for sure. I, I I would love to see Jonah in this role. I'm also happy to see Jeffrey Wright about uh, being Commissioner Gordon. Like, Just when I heard that name paired up with that character, I'm like, oh, that makes so <laughs> much sense. Yeah, I just hope there's no one having backlash because he is an African-American who would be playing a white character. I hope that doesn't happen to him because I think no, I'm people sure should it will. really Some base tiny little talent. cesspit of the internet, yeah. I'm sure it'll happen. So it ignore always those people. does. Ignore those people because Jeffrey Wright is awesome. 
Okay, well, the next big story, I guess, which is, <laughs> I mean, it's not a new story. It's been developing for a couple weeks it's now. It's been bubbling up. But is the whole controversy surrounding Joker and whether or not it's a dangerous movie and if it will inspire violence or shootings or any of that. Yeah, um, regardless on what the movie's about and if it's going to target uh, maybe similar people to what they're taking with this Joker character, whether it's just due to what happened with the Aurora shooting when a guy who dressed up as Joker unfortunately did those horrible things at that Which theater he didn't. that he did. That was such a, even at the time that happened, I was like, no, he's, cause, and it's been confirmed that that never happened. He never called himself the Joker. Oh, he never did. No, he never oh, called himself the Joker. New. He never went as the Joker. He never yeah. said anything about the Joker. He had like orange hair. Yeah. When I heard that, I was I like, that is, that's not what the Joker right. looks like. Why, yeah. are you, why are you saying he's the Joker? Maybe but Joker that was confirmed light. that that never happened. Um, okay. Which people were kind of upset over. They're like, the media just kind of ran with it. Mm, I but see. They got me. I guess to <laughs> to go over the, the main controversy here is that there's a growing uh, portion of the population and critics and publications that are questioning the... The timing of releasing this movie, mainly because in an age where there's just like a, tragically, like a mass shooting like every other week, yeah, you know, um, a lot of these people, a lot of the the people who commit these, these acts have a lot of similar, I guess, backgrounds to what they're saying the Joker character in this movie is, namely being a kind of isolated or ostracized from society they have you know mental issues that aren't recognized or taken seriously they harbor ever-increasing resentment towards whether it be women because they can't form a relationship or just people around them that seem to have it so easy Uh, a lot of people are referring to them as the incel types which is Another thing that you can look up, that's another complicated thing to try and define. Yeah, Eric gave me the spiel about that. But <laughs> they're, yeah, they're basically saying that there's, what if this movie inspires those types of individuals to, you know, go out and commit a mass shooting, which of course would be awful. But the other side of that is people are saying, no, this is a movie we're having the same discussion that we always have every few years. Do violent video games or violent movies make people violent? And every time the side, it's like, no, of course they don't. That yeah. side ends up winning every time. Lots of studies have proved that. Um, but, you know, I feel like it's just because it's so specific this time. You know, people look at this movie and this character and they're like, this is a mass shooter in the making. There have been tons of mass shootings recently. Um, I mean, I understand the concern and the argument about the timing of it, but I don't know. It's just like, it's a movie. It's not going to make somebody shoot up a theater. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of a, a hard to topic to really discuss or dive into, but the best that we can do is just, um, Try to have an open mind with this. If you really are hesitant to not see this movie, then by all means, like, don't try and do that. Maybe for your safety or just for your mental well-being, whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, though, a movie is a movie. Um, time will pass and we'll be able to move on from this onto the next thing. And 
we can only hope that people are just safe out there and that theaters at least take precaution. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, they are. And take precaution and uh, try to address this issue to um, their audiences and just as best they can be like, this is a movie. You have every right to see this or not see this um, and just try and be as safe with um, your management and with your customers as possible. Well, the thing that's also I can't blame people for being concerned about is just like the the parallelisms between the previous shooting, which is like we know now he didn't call himself the Joker, mm-hmm. but for a long time in the media, that's what it was referred to as. Yeah. The Joker killings or, the, you know, and the what I'm talking about is the shooting at the Aurora. Yeah. Colorado, I think. Yeah. Aurora, Colorado theater mm-hmm. during a screening of The Dark Knight Rises, which coincidentally is also a Batman universe movie. Yeah. So now people are saying, that, you know, this is a, another movie that takes place in the jo- in the Batman universe. Um, what if somebody wants to do some sort of like anniversary thing of that? Right. Which is an awful thing, but you know you can't put it past some people. Mm. But I don't know the thing. The other thing I think is it's just interesting because so many people writing these things or perpetuating these claims haven't seen the movie. Yeah, you know, like you haven't seen the movie. People that's, are just kind of hopping on to the headlines, and it's like I don't know why people are assuming that Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix and Warner Bros. in general would want to make a movie that champions that type of individual. Right. Let alone, like, you know, portray them as a hero. Mm. That's kind of a growing um, viewpoint that people have. Like, oh, this movie is this movie's going to inspire incels to shoot up places because they're going to see themselves in Joker, and if Joker is presented as a hero, it's going to validate all of their, all of their thoughts. I'm going to try and look for the statement now because I put it up on... The Warner Brothers one? Yeah, Warner Bros. came out with yeah, a Yeah, Warner Bros. released an week. official statement. Todd Phillips has talked about, has given an official statement. Yeah, I made sure to put the statement in um, Joker's database on silverscreeninsider.com just so that way at least that could be a good way to have theater yeah. management be able to address this as best they can. Uh, let me see if I can find it. And I'm sure people just are assuming that because they're scared. You know, fear will do a lot of things to people, but... If you just take a step back, it's like there's a, how irresponsible would it be if they did make a movie where that was the goal? Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's no way. So for those who are freaking out that they would try and do that, like, please um, think about just a bit more and, and at least hear from this statement anyway. Gun violence in our society is a critical issue, and we extend our deepest sympathy to all victims and families impacted by these tragedies. Our company has a long history of donating to victims of violence, including Aurora, and in recent weeks... Our parent company joined other business leaders to call on policymakers to enact bipartisan legislation to address this epidemic. At the same time, Warner Bros. believes that one of the functions of storytelling is to provoke difficult conversations around complex issues. Make no mistake, neither the fictional character Joker nor the film is an endorsement of real-world violence of any kind. It is not the intention of the film, the filmmakers, or the studio to hold this character up as a hero. Yeah. Which that is perfectly well spoken about what this movie is probably going to be. Well, the thing is, before this movie even really started gaining uh, notoriety because of this, it was Todd Phillips had mentioned many times before that the primary inspiration for this movie is those kind of grittier character studies from like the seventies, like like the two films he he mentioned often were uh, Martin Scorsese's films Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy. 
and I rewatched those movies recently, you know, kind oh, nice. of getting prepared for, for Joker, but also mm-hmm. kind of to see, you know, just refresh my mind of maybe what elements from those Todd Phillips is going for. And neither one of those movies in any way is trying to make their main character look like a hero, not even a good guy. It's very, crit- they're very critical of how warped their worldview is, how delusional they become. And I mean, they're great movies and I have no doubt that Todd Phillips understands what makes them good and complex, you know, like in that Warner Bros. statement, they they provoke these challenging conversations about very real, complicated issues. And I feel like that's a perfectly valid reason for the Joker movie to exist because, yeah, yeah. there are lots of these types of people out there, as we've been realizing more and more with these horrible shootings. Mm-hmm. And... We can't be afraid to kind of examine maybe how and why they are like that. Because if you just, you know, you got to get people talking about it, I think. Yeah, and I think um, movies are a good way to have a talking point, despite how they may make you feel in certain ways. Uh, um, I think that's very important. I think that's a good enough reason why uh, theater owners and management... Uh, since our podcast, we try to really um, help theater owners and management be able to plan out, you know, releases and how to market mm-hmm. movies as best they can, or at least just know about movies more. Um, just at least try and have them understand that this movie could be used for good. So why not try, despite having your setbacks, like maybe try and really promote this in the safest way possible, but also yeah. as a good way of being able to have these types of conversations to start. Yeah. It'll be really interesting when this finally comes out, I think, next Friday or a week from today. Yeah. That's crazy um, that it's here. Um, yeah. I, and, I, I again, like, that. this is just me. I don't really see the need to have a Joker standalone movie or whatever. But even I have to admit, this does look very interesting. This does look like it's going to be tackling a topic that I think should be discussed more uh, when it comes to people's well-beings. Um, and I, I can't wait to see if that is able to do the same here. Yeah. And I think that's all we can really say about that drama. We just wanted to address, um, yeah, because I mean, because there's so many reports flying around. Yeah, it's this reaching and that. a boiling we just point, to... but really, it's so simple. The yeah, the things people are talking about. It's the same discussion. Like I said, violent movies, violent video games. Do they make violent people? For my whole life, that has been an argument that pops up every few years. Mm-hmm. You know, same. It's not going anywhere. That's always going to be an argument. But what can you do? Yeah, um, so theater owners, just be prepared. Uh, we just wanted to set the record straight for what all has been going on with Joker and um, just do whatever you can to make your theater fun but safe. Yeah. Well, the last thing we have after that deep dive. Yeah, let's talk about something that will make us happy. Well, this movie's probably not the happiest. <laughs> but we wanted to just kind of highlight um, a key trailer that we both really enjoyed this week, mm-hmm. which I've been waiting to see footage of from a long time. Same. And the movie yeah. is Uncut Gems, distributed by A24. It's the follow-up film. Um, the directors are the Safdie brothers. They yep. released Good Time, I think, two years ago in 2017, um, which was a fantastic movie, also starring Robert Pattinson. Yeah, people, just watch some <laughs> Robert Pattinson movies. <laughs> but Uncut Gems is a very down and dirty grimy new york set movie starring adam sandler in what his many people have been saying is like the best performance of his career because 
not that I feel like I should have to remind people, but people get, you know, people tend to think of his really, 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 really bad comedies that he has made a lot of. Yeah, and his recent so. and his They've recent Netflix apparent. sellout deal. Yeah, which you know, yeah, I'm not arguing that that's a good thing. Those movies are awful. Adam Sandler's just kind of a guy who doesn't really care that he looks like a sellout because you know it'll make him a lot of money, and then when he yeah. has a lot of money, he can go on vacations and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you can tell he's having fun doing what he does no matter what the quality of the movie is but i can't deny that when he does decide to go dramatic or try he you know punch Kills. drunk love is the most cited example and i feel like until which um, one punch drunk love oh right I feel like until, I was thinking rain over me that that's also really that's too. also a pretty good yeah. one um but yeah he's a fantastic dramatic actor when mm-hmm. he has a director willing to push him when he has the you know the motivation to do it and apparently that's definitely the case with uncut gems he plays kind of this sleazy i think a jewelry store owner or something who just kind of takes a bunch of money from people um in i think gambling or he loses it all gambling and then he's kind of just like stuck figuring out how he's gonna pay all these people back yeah. and things just do not go well for him yeah you can just feel that all of the issues that he's been juggling with has just been, oh, that just he's crushing caused, and they're gonna come like crushing down crumbling down and you just feel that in a two-minute trailer yeah alone. the trailer is exhausting in oh, the best i've way. watched it twice and each time <laughs> i just am drained but i'm so happy to watch it i it's it's such a good trailer um i i, I was hearing quite a bit of buzz for adam sandler about oscars for a while i don't know if that'll be the case but i can see why people are saying that yeah no people are saying the same thing about robert pattinson for good time he didn't quite make it to the oscars but in a lot of the smaller award ceremonies he like the independent spirit yeah. awards he was definitely nominated this is also coming closer to um award season two than good time was i True. believe so that yeah. helps no this movie uh debuted it had its world premiere at the telluride film festival and like right afterwards it was easily one of the most loved movies there um, Adam Sandler's performance was among the best ones that people uh, remarked. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I was excited about this before it debuted just because of the Safdie Brothers' previous film, which I loved. Yeah. But now that I'm seeing it, it's getting even more acclaim than that one. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm hoping um, it comes out in around Christmas time. But December it's gonna be... 13th, I think. Okay. It's going to be released really limited. Yeah. Um, so don't expect to see this right away or don't expect to play this right away. I never, I never was able to see Good Time in the theater, which bummed me out. Yeah, same with me. But when I finally did, I was like, man, I wish it would have came to oh, yeah. my theater. I feel like this one could actually get a much wider release as time goes on than Good Time did. Yeah, maybe. Um, Yeah, just because of the reaction. It's kind of a toss-up whether or not we get A24 movies here or not. Yeah, if they're not... The horror ones usually come here. If they're not intentionally distributed wide, then we don't get them. Yeah. But fingers crossed, because this is going to be a good one. Yeah, for sure. So, and, and then there was also the Frozen 2 trailer. Um, told a bit more of the story. It's pretty good as well, so check that out. And then uh, uh, what else was there? Was there any other trailers? No. There was that Arctic Dogs trailer, which <laughs> I've had my thoughts on the podcast a few weeks ago. and Just one it of just those made sad, low-budget. It just made me even more sad. Animated children's films where they spend 90% of their budget on one actor one actor's voice this one it's, being jeremy renner like why why make who a movie? is phoning it in why make My a movie God. if you can't it just <laughs> i mean i feel bad for saying that but just why I, it, 
anyway, that trailer's on there too. If you want to get as sad as me, go for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. that was the trailer we wanted to highlight. Yeah, Uncut anyway. Gems. It's a it's a great one. Mm-hmm. So really, I guess that's everything we have. Yeah. Um, there's only one major new release this weekend, which is Abominable, the cute family friendly movie about a group of kids who find a yeti, a magical yeti, magical yeti. It on the surface, you know, looks kind of a lot like Smallfoot from last year, but you know, whatever. Yetis are cool. Yeah, I mean that the Yeti character looks fun and cuddly, and I'm pretty sure could be it'll... the kid's new best friend. Yeah, maybe. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it'll take the number one spot, but I don't think it's gonna be, you know, way ahead of anything else. I just no, I don't know. I think it it made like six hundred fifty thousand dollars yesterday or in early shows, which wow, is really? less, which is like. I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact numbers. It was like 200000 less than Smallfoot made in its early shows. Wow. Smallfoot went on to have like a $23, $24 million opening weekend. So that would put this one a little bit below that. Jeez. So I thought it would at least it could be, a be starting little, as well It could Smallfoot. be a bit of an underperformer, but it's really the only sort of animated family-friendly film out right now. Yeah, at least and, until The Addams Family yeah. comes out, which is two weeks from now. So it should benefit from that counter-programming wise um and then you still got other than that there's lots of holdovers yeah lots of holdovers uh rambo it hustlers um lion king lion king's still around (laughs) uh joker is where things are going to shake up quite a bit yeah no joker is going to be a big one yeah um but for now that's just the only release and it'll be good counter-programming i'd say yep Awesome. I think that's everything. Yeah. So, uh, everyone, thanks for listening to today's podcast. Uh, you can find more episodes up on all the podcast platforms or on SilverScreenInsider.com, where um, we're just a website that tries to help out theater owners and theater management, try to do the best they can in order to make their small theaters keep going. And we have all sorts of um, movie news that you can check out, as well as all film information um, in our movie database so check us out there have a good weekend take it easy